0: Wednesday, September 5th, 2018, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly. I am coming to you from the Mile High City right here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we are back for another day of talking sports with a dose of common sense. Happy Wednesday to you. Yes, it is already Wednesday. Hopefully, you've only been back to work you know, just the one day, and now you're going back for your second day. I hope your week is going well so far, but let me ask you this one question before we get going here. Why in the world do the short weeks after a holiday seem to drag so much more than a full week? I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. So here in the United States, a lot of us got Monday off for Labor Day. There are only four days in our work week now. Please tell me why yesterday felt like four days all in one. You know, can we put like a team of scientists on this? Can we try to investigate why it is that the week after a holiday feels so much longer than a regular week? I mean, I think we can stop looking for Bigfoot. I know there's TV shows, there are people out there investigating, looking for Bigfoot, trying to find, I don't know, the Loch Ness Monster or aliens or whatever it might be. Can we just use those resources and try to figure out why a holiday week feels so much longer than a full 5-day work week. I can't figure it out. I know scientifically it makes no sense, but there has to be some sort of answer for it because we see it every single time. Okay, it's Wednesday. We're going to try to be positive, I'm not going to dwell on the negative. It is Wednesday and we are marching on. But once again, you know, we're trying to solve the real problems here at the Daily Dose. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show Maybe let us know, I don't know, what mysteries you would like solved. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, DailyDoseSports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Sports. Maybe you have some feedback for the show. Maybe you have a suggestion. Maybe you need some advice. Maybe you are wondering about those chemtrails coming off the back of those airliners. We'd be glad to discuss a few of these topics We would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out. Hey, today on the show, of course, we will be continuing our 2018 Daily Dose NFL football preview. You know, our friend Larry, he stopped by yesterday to begin breaking down every division in the NFL, but we didn't really get that far. You know, we talked about the state of the league, talked about some of the problems that the league is facing, talked about should they maybe remove some games from the preseason discussed some of the new rules with the helmet rule and the kickoff rule, looked at some of that stuff. And we looked at how teams are always getting better and always getting worse. And you know, when you have parity, and that is what the NFL is geared toward when you are trying to keep all teams basically equal through the draft, through the schedule, through the salary cap, this is what you get. You get teams slide up, you get teams sliding down and we never know which teams they are going to be. Bottom line, like, it was a good conversation, but we didn't get that far into our NFL preview. We did cover the AFC East. So, I mean, if you did miss our coverage of the AFC East, you might want to go back and check that one out. Is it going to be the New England Patriots again for, what, the 10th time in a row? Go back, take a listen, see what you think. But today on The Daily Dose, we will do our best to get a little bit further. Maybe try to get a few more divisions and look at a few more teams today on The Dose. But first we do have a few things coming out in the world of breaking news that I do want to discuss. Yesterday, the first Associated Press college football poll came out for the regular season. After week one is in the books, they came out with their initial poll. And we saw some things shifting around. We saw some things moving around. Number four, Ohio State leapfrog number five, Wisconsin. After a week, when we saw like the top five teams not really be challenged that much. Of course, Alabama stayed at number one. They had that blowout with Louisville. We all saw head coach Nick Saban kind of lose his mind on a reporter who basically just said, so what'd you think your quarterback's today? And he got all mad and blew up. Slow down, Nick. I realize that's why you're so successful because you're kind of a jerk, but ease up on the press. They didn't really ask anything they shouldn't have asked. The Crimson Tide received 48 first place votes in that media poll released yesterday, Clemson had 12 first place votes and somebody from Wisconsin voted for the Badgers. But you know, the biggest jumps that we saw in the first AP poll of the regular season were by the Virginia Tech Hokies, who beat Florida State 24-3 to in Tallahassee. We saw the Hokies jump from rank number 20, clear up to number 12. Who saw that coming? We talked a little bit with Big Rob last week about Virginia Tech. Hey, they might be a team to kind of keep an eye on. I don't know if we anticipated them going into Florida State and slapping them around like they did. Are they deserving of the number 12 ranking? Probably not, but these things will all sort themselves out, I would imagine. And then we saw another huge jump in the polls as our favorite college football coach, Ed Orgeron,
1: football kind of shaped like a banana,
0: and his LSU Tigers went from being ranked Number 25, clear up to number 11. Of course, LSU did beat Miami, who had been ranked number eight in the country. Pretty huge for Ed Orgeron and the LSU Tigers. But the one thing I do wonder looking at that game, watching the way the Miami Hurricanes looked, I don't know if LSU is worthy of being number 11 in the country. Yes hey, they went out and they took care of business and dominated that game for the most part. Miami got a couple of late scores that were pretty meaningless. But my biggest takeaway from that game might've been more how poor Miami looked. They did not look like a top 10 team. They did not look like a top 25 team. They did not look ready to play. That was surprising to me for a Mark Rick team. You usually expect them to come out a little stronger than that. Miami did not look very good. We'll see if LSU can hold on to that. Again, I don't worry too much about early season rankings because a lot of these things are going to wash out. We're going to figure some things out here. But I think the biggest thing that stands out to me about that poll that came out yesterday is that the Washington Huskies, who had been number six in the country, they only dropped to number nine. The media apparently was very, very impressed that Washington played Auburn close in basically what was a home game for the Tigers which is a little bit interesting to me because it kind of feels like hindsight being twenty doesn't it? I mean, that was not the narrative going into this game. No one looked at the Auburn-Washington game and said, well, we'll just see if Washington can keep it close. Everyone kind of looked at it and said, well, Washington should beat Auburn. Auburn's kind of flaky the last few years. Yes, they have a good defense. Yes, their defensive front looks like it could be very good. And Jarrett Stidham, he's a scrappy guy. He's a tough guy at quarterback. We'll see if Auburn can hang with Washington. Now everyone's kind of flipped it. Well, you know, thinking about it, the game was in Atlanta. Yeah, we knew that beforehand. And thinking about it, Washington did keep it close. Yeah, we all expected them to win. I don't know if changing the narrative of this game now makes a whole lot of sense. But it's great news for Washington because by only dropping to number nine, you look at the rest of Washington's schedule, they are probably going to be the favorite in every single game that they play for the rest of the year. And if they continue to hold surf and they continue to win those games, I got news for you. Washington's going to be right there in the final standings. My biggest concern for the Huskies, and I like what Chris Peterson has done. We talked about them a little bit last week. I'm not sure if quarterback Jake Browning is the guy that is just capable of making the clutch plays when you need him to make the clutch plays. And that was the biggest difference that I saw in that Washington game. How many times did we see Washington get into the red zone, get down in a scoring position, get into a crucial down and distance, and Jake Browning didn't quite get it done. I don't want to dog on the kid. I'm not trying to blast the kid. I just wonder if he is that type of quarterback. Might have a little too much Jake Locker in him for me. But that's just me. That's just me. And, of course, one other thing that did stand out to me about this initial poll is it was a rough week for the Big Ten. You know, we talked about Ohio State. They scored almost 80, and I guess good for them. They didn't play anyone. But Penn State dropped three spots after barely beating Appalachian State. Michigan State dropped four spots after almost losing to Utah State. And the University of Michigan fell 14 spots after not just losing to Notre Dame, But losing to Notre Dame and kind of looking like they didn't even know what they were doing for a good portion of that game on offense. Rob and I talked last week, I thought Jim Harbaugh might be in a little bit of trouble going into this season. I didn't think it would go this far this fast. And yes, he can still rebound, he can still win a few games and turn some people back around. But right now, Jim Harbaugh's in trouble just because of the way Michigan looks. It doesn't look like they're on the verge of doing anything good. It looks like they're on the verge of collapsing. I would be very, very worried if I was a Jim Harbaugh or just a Michigan fan in general. Speaking of coaches in trouble, let's switch over briefly to college basketball. Almost a year after the FBI investigation into college basketball led to his termination at the University of Louisville, former head coach Rick Pitino thinks it is unlikely he will return to coaching at the college level. Remember, He was going to write that book. Well, the book got released yesterday. It is called Patino, My Story. And in it, Patino writes that my coaching career is possibly finished. There was one job this past year that I really did want. They called the NCAA and the NCAA said, we're handcuffed. The FBI will not allow us to investigate. We can't give you a yes or no on Rick Patino because we're not allowed to investigate. Patino said, I'm not really thinking about coaching again in the future. Because I'm not in control of that, I feel it's over for me. Patino also does focus a good portion of the book on three key aspects of the past few years. He talks about the 2015 sex scandal, the 2017 FBI investigation into shoe company influences in college basketball, and he talks a great deal, apparently, about his termination from Louisville. And of course, throughout the book, Patino maintains he had no idea that his assistant coaches were hiring strippers to perform for recruits on their visits to the campus. And of course, by strippers, I mean hookers, because it sounds like these girls were also having sex with the recruits. Last I checked, that wasn't what a stripper did. That was more what a hooker did. But I don't want to get caught up on all those things. When I look at Patino's account of what happened, and he says he didn't know, you know what? He probably didn't know. But not knowing doesn't make it okay. I mean, if you think that works, try telling the next police officer that pulls you over for speeding, well, I didn't know what the speed limit was. You didn't know doesn't mean you're absolved from guilt. You still did it. And with Rick Pitino at Louisville, not knowing doesn't make it okay. It's your program. Your name is all over that program. When people said Louisville Cardinal, you thought of Rick Pitino. You better know. If you didn't know, that's on you, Rick Petino. That's poor coaching on his part because we've talked about it here on the show. You've got to be part CEO. You've got to be part manager. You've got to be part dad. You've got to be part coach. You've got to be part scout. All these caps that you need to be wearing. He apparently wasn't wearing the correct one to keep an eye on his assistants to keep them from hiring hookers. So according to Rick Petino, his career in college coaching is probably over. Bottom line, kind of a wacky coincidence, but I guess you could say Rick Patino's college coaching career is finished prematurely. Okay, coming back, we will be continuing our Daily Dose NFL preview with Larry. We still have a number of divisions and teams to get to. We will do our best to get to as many as we possibly can when we get back. So yesterday, Larry and I talked about the NFL in general, and we did get to the AFC East. Today, we are picking things up in the NFC East. Let's continue right now with our 2018 NFL preview. Let's move over to the NFC East because the NFC East has a history of success, but the big dog in this division this year is not the team that has historically been on top. The Philadelphia Eagles, though. Won the division by four games last year. They went five and one in this division. The only loss was a kind of a giveaway game to the Cowboys at the end of the year. Who do you like in the NFC East this year? I'm gonna take the Eagles. Yeah. I I you know, until
1: they prove me wrong. Sure. And and I get that they have a quarterback issue right now. I guess we'll find out really what's going on with Wentz when, you know, week one, week two comes around. Uh, we keep hearing he's not ready. You know, but if you're ready for them, the don't you just sit him? Yeah, sit him for I th- five I think, six weeks. I think you do. Yeah. I want him to be right. Yeah. So I so I think you'll know. So that's who I'm taking. I'm, sure. I, I'm I'm going to pick the Eagles out of that out of, out of that. But I think w- w- what will shake out to be a pretty good division.
0: I think it will too. And you know, the interesting thing about the Eagles is that everybody is looking at that quarterback situation. They're looking at is Carson Wentz healthy? Is Carson Wentz healthy? Lost in all this is the fact that they've got a really, really good defense. They've got a good team. They've got a good team. Again, you're right.
1: Said it before. Th- then they didn't lose much. And they've what if Wentz comes th- back and
0: is great? Yeah. Like six games in, yeah. he comes back and he looks I mean, like he did and, last year. And,
1: and isn't that what you really like to see? Is a is a quarterback being able to see
0: absolutely
1: uh, games from the sideline and and picking things apart. And and you know he's a smart guy and he's a great quarterback. So it's not like he's gonna. He's only going to gain from that experience. Sure. Yeah, and and he'll have the itch when he when he does come back. So we both are in agreement on the Philadelphia Eagles. Anybody else in this division you like? Yeah, I like the Redskins. Okay. I've always been a fan of Alex Smith. I think he, I just don't get uh, the the San Francisco move. Yeah. And I know why Kansas City did what they did. Sure. But he's a really good quarterback. And he just wins games. He doesn't win
0: playoff games, but he just wins games. Yeah, yeah.
1: And and and, you know, so I think that's my my biggest reason is I think they have a really good guy at the helm there. The Giants, not too excited about Cowboys. I think they're probably a mess. Um,
0: You know, you know the problem with the Dallas Cowboys is they lost some receiving targets in Dez Bryant and Jason Witten. Yes, they were both past their prime, but. They were receivers and Dak Prescott no longer has them. But here's what I worry about with the Dallas Cowboys. This situation like reeks of a team that should change their mentality and say, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to run the ball down your throat. We're just going to run it again and again and again. But head coach Jason Garrett thinks he is the smartest person in the, in like the world. Yeah. So he figures, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Everyone thinks we're just going to run the ball this year. (laughs) I'm going to fool all of you. And what we're going to do is I'm going to throw – because I don't know if you realize this, but I went to Princeton. Yeah. That's
1: Ivy League, yeah. suckers. Well, and he's got the backing of his owner who thinks he's the smartest guy in the world, too. Well,
0: and it makes me wonder if he's the one actually calling the plays, uh, not maybe. even Jason Garrett.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not – I hope the Dallas folks are uh, bracing themselves yeah. because while they've had some success uh, under Prescott and and, and Elliot. They've got a terrible offensive line situation now, yeah. And, uh, and and while they should run the football, they probably they can't. probably
0: won't. And I don't think the defense is great. More to
1: your point, where they probably maybe their coaching staff says, "Well, let's you know bag
0: the the running game uh, and throw it." That's probably what they're going to do. See, and I actually think that the Giants might be a little bit sneaky this year, and I, I'll say why. Because they went and they got a few offensive linemen, and I think running back Saquon Barkley could be special. It's funny because we look at Eli Manning and we say, Eli, you were like beyond horrible last year. Like you were so bad last year. He had 19 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. Paxton Lynch would. Kill for those numbers. <laughs> I, I'm not.
1: I'm. I'm not a Giants hater. I. I think they're. I, I think they'll be okay. Yeah. I don't. I think the Eagles are going to win this division. I think division, they'll have. I a think
0: w- they'll. The Giants will be like nine and seven. I and, bet that. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say they'll have a winning record. They'll be yeah. all right. Yeah. Yeah. So the AFC East. I think it's the Eagles. I think it's everybody else. Agreed. Let's move over to the AFC North. You know, this is a more competitive division than we think it is. The Pittsburgh Steelers have won three of the last four seasons, but. The Cincinnati Bengals and, surprisingly, the Baltimore Ravens have also won a number of divisional titles. And also the Cleveland Browns are in this division, too. Nope, forget about them. But the AFC North, I think we all kind of know which direction this is going. But who do you like winning the whole thing over there? Well, you know,
1: I think it's uh, this one's a tough one for me to call. Everybody's going to say the Steelers. Sure. and, And I will, too. I I think the Steelers will win, but but I don't think they'll win by much, and I don't think they'll have a double digit win. I think they're winning the division with a nine and, and seven record.
0: Okay, yeah, you know they're the most talented team in the AFC. Yeah, if you just looked at them on paper, yeah, they're the most talented team. I'm gonna ask a question, and I'm not sure uh, about the answer on this because he's never had a season under five hundred. Is Mike Tomlin a good coach? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know
1: either. I don't know. He's, he, you know, there, there have been, they've won games with talent, not coaching in in Pittsburgh. For sure. I I don't know how many games they've won by coaching, you know, absence of, absent of of talent on any given day. Uh, I, I think they've, yeah, I think they've been a supremely talented team. And, and I think they still have talent on that team. They do. And he's a coach, you know? I mean, yeah. I, I don't think he's terrible.
0: No, I don't either. But, but I don't know I don't how know many, if he's good. I don't know how many games he's won as a coach. Here's a question. Let's say today, here on the Daily Dose, you and I, we orchestrate a trade. Yeah. And we trade Mike Tomlin for Bill Belichick. <laughs> okay. And Bill Belichick comes to Pittsburgh. He is now the head coach in Pittsburgh. Who are you picking? Well, I'm picking pits. Right. See, that's the problem. <laughs> that's what I'm struggling with. Yeah. I, I, you know,
1: it, it's funny in that division, the, the loyalty to head coaches. They all have it, don't they? They do. Good call. They do. And I don't know if, you know, the Browns have obviously had some turnover, but it's kind of, but st- they're sticking with a guy that went 131. Uh, yeah. 131. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, nice job. and, and, and that's, I think, an, an admission, obviously, that, Hey, it was not the head coach's fault. <laughs> right. exactly. I don't think it it's was. It's a
0: lot of other factors. We're gonna go
1: with Hugh. Right, right, yeah. So, so I'll take the Steelers. Yeah, yeah.
0: You've got Ben Roethlisberger. You've got Antonio Brown. If Le'Veon the, Bell decides to show up, maybe who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but and, yes, they have to. Have, and the, you know, their defense last year actually proved to be very, very good. Much better than I thought it would be. Yep. That's a that's a pretty solid defense. Yeah. No, they can't beat the Patriots. We all know that. Yeah. But they might not have to see the Patriots this year. Well, uh, there's a
1: chance. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, and and yeah, absolutely. The Ravens, I think, are a contender. I agree with you, and and only because I think the division is not going to be, you know, super strong. Right, and the defense is good. Well The Ravens defense is pretty good, the, and the, that helps. The Ravens defense is is very good. Um, the Bengals also are going to be in it. I mean, it, it's, not a, it's not talent. It's not the super strong division, but, but they're, you've
0: got those top three teams and they, and you know what? They always play each other tough. If they, they know play, each other
1: very well. If they play each other tough yeah. and you know, then it kind of minimizes the, the wins, you know, it's not like a, a, a the, the Patriots division where right. there's a, you know, somebody yeah. who's going to win you have,
0: all. If let's say the Patriots have their F day and the bills have their a day, yeah. the Patriots still win by like a touchdown. Right. In this, if you have your F day and the other team has their A day, you're getting beat. Yes. The best thing that could have probably happened to the Ravens in the off season, in the preseason especially, not the drafting of Lamar Jackson, which will – whatever – yeah, with that. Yeah. But the best thing that happened with that was he came out in the preseason and we all saw, OK, he's not ready. Right. <laughs> like he's not even close to ready. Right. That was probably the best thing that could happen for them because we get rid every all even the Baltimore fans are looking at that saying, oh, good Lord, he's right. not ready. Yep. He needs two or three years to season himself to understand the game because he can't read anything. Like right. He's really physically talented. So now Joe Flacco is back in the driver's seat. He's yep. the guy. Don't have to worry about it. But he's it. still Joe Flacco. But he's still
1: Joe Flacco. Yeah. And he hasn't done
0: much. No, uh,
1: lately. So yeah. And you know, we can bust on Cleveland all we
0: want, but you know, they're
1: going to win more games than they did yes, last year. Yes, they are.
0: Year. They're going to. And you know what they're going to do? I'm going to say they win quadruple the games <laughs> they did last year. <laughs> and they're going to win. <laughs> they're going to win four and, games. Uh, and
1: they're, they're going to win a couple games against these division
0: opponents. They easily could. And yeah. they are getting better. Just slow down on them gonna make the playoffs. And also, slow down on when I see some of their players strutting around and acting like they've done something. Yeah. You're one in 31 in the last yeah. two years. Yeah. Slow your roll. Jarvis yeah. Landry, don't come out and be talking about what you're gonna do and hey, man. how, get I, out of here. I, I, you're I still give, horrible. I
1: give him all kinds of credit because he's gonna have to, you know, he's, oh, gonna, man. Have he's gonna, gonna have to put up or shut up. Put, put up or shut up. And, uh, uh and that's okay. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a game, right? So, the so Browns
0: are going to be better. They're still going to be awful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They won't be, they won't uh have a winning record.
0: No. Yeah. So it's, I don't know if again. they win five, if they win five or six games, like, Hey, great job. Yeah. But I don't know if they win that many. Right. Cause they still have a ton of holes on that roster. They do. And he, when you're, when I'm watching hard knocks, and I don't know if you've watched hard knocks. This I year, haven't. But when you watch hard knocks, you have the starting quarterback, Tyrod Taylor coming over to the head coach saying, Hey, at uh, coach you should show some video on how we like walk from drill to drill. And the head coach is like, Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Why don't you know that you're the head coach? You know, there's a lot of guys that just don't get it in that organization yet. Yeah. It, it,
1: and, and hopefully it, they're maturing, but, but that tells you everything you need to know about what the coaching maturity level is. Yeah. they don't really know how to do it. No. And, and that was, you know, I think that was, was the demise of McDaniel's ear, right? Yeah. He just, and, and every head coach, you know, and Billichek was one of them. They just don't succeed in their first try because they just don't know how to do it. Well,
0: and if your franchise is built on not doing things in a championship manner, right. it's going to eventually crumble. Yeah. Maybe you win a game or two, Yeah. but you're not a championship franchise. And we can see that the way you're built. I know when I was coaching, we used to talk about let's check our house. Is our house okay? Yeah. When I look at the Browns, your house is not okay. No, no. You've gotten some more talent, yeah, but you have some flaws within that talent that's going to end up costing
1: you. Yeah, and and that really is. It goes a lot deeper than hiring a head coach that you think can coach the team on Sunday. Yeah, there are so and and it's a I million talented that, guys. There, there it goes. There's all sorts of things that those head coaches have to do, have to take care of, you know, during the course of really there's no off season for a coach, right? We all know that. Those guys work long hours because they're buttoning up every small detail, the good ones. Sure. You know, and that's how it gets done. That's the culture that gets created. Yep. You're part
0: CEO, you're part dad, you're part coach, you're part disciplinarian like you've got a lot of different hats to wear and the good ones understand how to wear all those hats and the bad ones probably struggle in a few different aspects well they're just used to
1: coaching they think their job is to coach and yeah so cleveland's got a way to go
0: there's our uh, afc north let's move on to the nfc north because if you think of the nfc north you go back to the days of the old black and blue division the nfc central and in the nfc central the chicago bears are actually the leader in division titles Even though they haven't won one since like the 90s, the Bears were the team that won the division titles back in the days of the NFC Central. Now it's a little bit of a different grade there. We've got some different looking teams being the top teams in the NFC North. In the NFC North, that cold, nasty, black and blue division, who do you like? I'm going to go with the Vikings. Yep. It's close with the Packers
1: because I think you know I, I I love Aaron Rodgers and everything he has to bring to the table, but I think the Vikings have the better team. They shoot, you know they they came close last year. Yep, and uh and I think they're prepared. I think the coaching staff. I think the team. I really I think,
0: like Zimmer. I think he's a really good coach. He
1: is a good coach. Yeah, uh, and they the way they play defense. You know, and they play those games on their home turf. Um, and
0: well, and you just said that the way they play defense, that is what separates them from the rest of this division, in my opinion, Yeah, because they have that nasty defense. And when you look at the rest of the teams in this division, maybe the bears get better this year. Other than that, the Vikings, I think, are head and shoulders defensively above everyone else. Now, can they manufacture enough offense? We'll see, but that defense is really good.
1: Yeah, it is super good. The, the Bears are definitely better on defense. Yes. So, so they're,
0: well, and they just got Khalil Mack. That's going to help.
1: Right. So I think if, if you were to, you know, and, and they might be just as good as the Vikings on defense. They I, could I, eventually. I'm not sure, yeah. but they don't. Clearly, I think have the the offensive firepower. Now we'll see.
0: I'm not sure about Mitch Trubisky, and I know no, everyone's sure big either. on him. The, yeah. I know everyone's, and he's got a lot of weapons this year.
1: Well, he, we're he, gonna see. Yeah, yeah, we are gonna see, and and I think uh, I think they're moving in the right direction. Yes, they are. Yeah, but I'm I can't do anything to to put them above you know the Vikings or the Packers. Larry, let's talk Lions. about the
0: Packers. Okay. I'm I won't, I'm going to throw out a stat to you. Okay. That I want you to think about for a second. No team in the history of the NFL has ever won the Super Bowl with a percentage of their entire salary cap going to their quarterback higher than 13%. The highest in history was 13% going to Steve Young, 94 San Francisco 49ers. Aaron Rodgers just signed a contract for 17% of that team's salary cap. Let me make sure that I understand. That doesn't bode well for the Packers.
1: No team has won the Super Bowl with a with a percentage going to their quarterback higher than 13% to one individual. To
0: one individual on that team.
1: To one quarterback. Okay. To the quarterback. Okay. Not the not the whole quarterback group. Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: When that single player. Yeah. The highest was Young. Yeah. 13%. Yeah. Rodgers dish took 17%. It makes it tough to go get him help and that has been the story of his career he hasn't always had the most help hey
1: i got we just covered it you look at joe flacco and the ravens yep you pay somebody so much money you don't spread it around now look personnel decisions you know that you can they make mistakes too but if you don't have the money to spread around to the rest of the team you're not
0: going to have as good a team Right. yeah, that, it's math. It's, <laughs> like, it's math. And I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers doesn't deserve the contract. I think he is one of the best quarterbacks to ever right. play the you game. Just
1: have to, you but... just have to know that you don't have that money to go to other places. Right. So now, it's all
0: on him, and now you've got to kind of find little spots here and there and oh, we can get this guy to bargain, and maybe we can bring that guy in at a bargain, but that's right you're always trying to shoestring that thing together and
1: and the reason i asked is because you know some teams have high priced backup quarterbacks too sure so if you if you if your numbers are 20% for the position
0: for the position no then, just to that one guy yeah
1: yeah that that's that's a tough it's a big chunk it is and stats prove it out yeah it's hard to field a team a better team around you if that quarterback is
0: taking all that cap for sure. Yep. You know, one team that also has a quarterback taking a lot of cap in the NFC North is, of course, Matt Stafford with the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I kind of like what the Lions are doing. They have – it seems like Matt Stafford has kind of figured out how to play quarterback lately. Playing for Jim Bob Cooter, who not only is a great coach, has the greatest surname in the history of sports. Yeah. <laughs> but if they – maybe they could figure out some defense and be, I don't know, competitive. I don't know. You know, the the Lions uh confound me. Uh, they can't oh. ever run the ball. They have a good offense but they can't run the ball. Yeah. Stafford has to throw everything and they don't have a defense. Maybe Matt Patricia, their new coach, brings some defense out.
1: I'm really know. interested to see what he can bring to the table too. Uh, if anything, you know. Well, I, I, Belichick I know. coaches have not done well. They have not. And and so um I hope the 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 folks in Detroit are prepared for that. I used to think that Arizona Cardinals were on the cusp, you know. Yeah. The Detroit Lions have been on the cusp. Seems like, but I don't know. I, I mean, don't either. They're, in, they're they're not in the right division. <laughs> no, they're not no. in the right division because this is a tough division. Yeah, and and I do like Stafford. I I think he's a seems good like he's gotten better. Yeah,
0: I don't know if I fully buy him. Like, maybe he's a fantasy guy. I don't know.
1: He is. He is. And and you're right. It, it it's not him. You know, always it's it's the defense has been.
0: Yeah, they're never very good. Really. And then you okay. lose in the Dominican Sioux. You figure that's got to probably hurt you a little bit more, too. It's not like they're not trying, though. No. no. So. They're at least competitive. Okay. Hey, just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping you need to do, you might want to head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose, where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games september's loot crate theme is now out and it is called invaders forget the flying saucers they're already here and it may already be too late embrace your new overlords with exclusive new gear featuring some of our favorite alien invaders september's loot crate theme features items from alien the predator the x-files and venom but trust me if none of those franchises appeal to you Make sure that you do stop by Loot Crate because you are going to find just about anything you could possibly think of over there. They have franchises for just about every TV show, movie or video game you can possibly think of. Of course, the best part about ordering from Loot Crate when you check out, just make sure that you type daily dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for listening to The Daily Dose each and every day. Hey, tomorrow on The Dose, we need to continue this conversation with Larry as we preview this upcoming 2018 NFL season that gets started. Tomorrow night, we still have a number of divisions and a number of teams to get to, And we still have to get to our picks for Super Bowl 53. Hey, I have to say thank you all so much for listening to and for sharing the show. Thank you for the emails. Thank you for the texts and the tweets. If you would like to contact us, feel free. Hit us up, dailydosports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. We would love to hear from you. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful Wednesday.